Hey folks, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. Welcome to Friday Night Beer is a show where two guys who know too much about pop culture and not enough about beer try some beers and explain them in a way that you may understand. But that you probably won't, and it'll only make sense to us. Either way, we hope you'll be entertained. Boy, it's good to be here in Chicago with you. That's it. With me? Yeah, yeah. Vince? Oh, oh and everybody else, every- too. Oh, okay. God, and I thought you were being really nice. No, I was being nice, but I also, you know, I wanted to just make sure everybody feels, you know, like we're at home because, boy, we are going to be talking about our hometown a lot in this episode. Well, your hometown. Yeah, and, you know, if you're a fan of any of the, some of the best dramas of the 2000s and 2010s, you will recognize that the, the name, the name Antihero... Yeah, we're talking Don Draper, we're talking Tony Soprano, Walter White, guys, bad, difficult men who... Jafar see, yeah. from Aladdin. God, it's always about Jafar, isn't it? Well, man, he's a great character. <laughs> Never got his due. Never got his Would not, due. Was definitely not a, a hero. It's anti-hero. It's anti-hero. One of the um, biggest trends in TV in the last 15 years, and apparently in Chicago beer for about the same time period. Yes, I... I can't verify this, but this might be the first craft beer I ever had. I think you're probably right. Yeah. This anti-hero, this was maybe right when I made that transition yeah. from Goose Island and 312. It was like probably, you know, when I was out at a bar somewhere, I was like, hey, man, you want to try a real beer? You try anti-hero. I was like, ooh, sexy name. I like it. I'll try this new random beer that's not what I've been drinking all my life. Um, but before we get in... You sound in- like you just got offered drugs by one of the kids who was like, let's go to Johnny's Beef. <laughs> got another Chicago staple. Um, but yes, this beer comes from Revolution Brewing. If you live in Chicago, you know it well. But uh, if you also live in other states such as Indiana, Ohio, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, um, you've definitely seen this before. This is the flagship IPA of Revolution based right here in our fine city. I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's a blend of Citra, Crystal, Centennial, and Chinook hops to create a crisp, clean bitterness. And Vince, I'm going to read the last sentence of the description because it's so great. An American hop assault for all the ambivalent warriors who get the girl in the end. Look! I ain't in this for your revolution, and I'm not in it for you, princess. That was Han Solo, who's also somehow quoted in this beer. Very cool. Pretty crazy, huh? And it makes sense, because they're revolution. Yes, and Han Solo, also arguably an anti-hero. Reluctant. An anti-hero? He's a hero through and through. Well, he was kind of reluctant in the beginning of... Yeah, but that uh, doesn't make you an anti-hero. Maybe we have to talk about what an anti-hero okay, is. Okay, well, let's save that conversation for when we drink the beer... You've got some fun facts about the brewery itself, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, more so just about the... Uh, the well, I'm, I'm in dark mode now, so... Uh, Josh Death is the, the founder of... Great name. I know, D-E-T-H. <laughs> if you are wandering around and seeing some of these stouts that are known as Cafe Death, those are revolution, and that is where the D-E-T-H, the death, comes from. Yeah. So, Josh started... Uh, in the summer of 95, grabbed a job at Golden Prairie Brewing, which doesn't exist anymore, and started learning the beer business. He is a graduate of the University of Michigan. 
and apparently got really interested in craft brew and and brewing in general via a bunch of trips up to Bell's. So there's a nice Michigan connection here that wow. we all like. Yeah. Um, as far as I'd hate to say the rest is history, but the rest is kind of history. You know, he worked with his wife and the Chamber of Commerce and it looks like the Logan Square Farmer's Market and got himself up and running. And, I know where and, that is. I used to live in Logan Square and I've been to this place, the the main uh, brew room, many, many times. They have excellent food, um, except for the one time my friend Paul puked in the bathroom there. Um, but that's fine. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely like when I think about craft beer in Chicago, this is this comes up in my mind immediately. It's been around for a while. I haven't had it in, I can't even remember the last time I had it. It's been a, quite a while. It's one of those, yeah. it's one of those type of things that was very, very, very popular. And then you decided not to have more of it at some point when you were yeah. like 25 or 26, maybe 27. I don't know what age it was, but you decided that there are other things out there that you should try and this will always be there. And then you forgot to come back to it. Yeah, it was sort of like your introduction into this scene. And then because it was like one of the first things you had, you know, you wanted to keep going, but you kind of left it at the wayside. Yeah, it's a lot. To be honest, it's a lot like the Indiana Jones franchise. (laughs) All right. Another Harrison Ford. uh, Why not? Let's talk Harry Ford. Well, let's actually try these beers and then we can talk Harrison Ford. Who also has the same birthday as me. Shout out. Happy birthday to you and Harrison Ford. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Smells delicious yeah. as ever. If, if folks, if you like hoppy beers, it doesn't get much hoppier than this. I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. That's great. Bitter. It's just a, good, yeah. a great IPA. They do great work. So Harrison Ford, I mean, one of the great actors of our lifetime. He's been around for years. A carpenter, much like... Uh, a certain other yeah. famous person. And did you know that he's also uh, a, na- a native of Chicagoland? I think I had heard that, but yeah. I, until you said it, I would never have brought he that up. He actually is. Um, he went to, I think it was uh, Maine East, which is out in Park Ridge. Oh, that's cool. And then he also went to Ripon College, which is in Ripon, Wisconsin. Where you have to rip shots. <laughs> We're always ripping shots. Well, there's not a whole lot else to do in Ripon, I can tell you that. But, yeah, the reason I said he might arguably be an anti-hero, you know, in A New Hope, the original Star Wars, he sort of reluctantly joins the journey of Luke and Obi-Wan because, you know, at the time he's just a rugged smuggler. He's just in it. He's just in it for the money. But he becomes inspired by the mission of the rebels. See, and here's where I take offense Umbridge, if you will. Not Dolores, the word. (laughs) I got it. Uh, To me, an anti-hero is... They're by no means an actual hero. They just turn the hero complex on itself, on its head. So we're talking Walter White. Yeah. That guy engaged in tons of illegal things. Tons of illegal activities. He sold drugs. He made drugs. He... Actually, at some point, ended up. Did he, I think he he killed some people. Oh, he right? definitely did. Absolutely, he's had people killed. He's 
moving into a darker and darker space. And the only reason that we still care is, well, A, because we're depraved people, but B is because he is the subject, a.k.a. the The hero, the protagonist of the show. And so normally you have this hero who does every tries to do everything right. Think about, uh, for example, I just watched, oh god, Manifest. Yeah, and it's awful. It's not awful. It was very engaging. But like, as far as like a hero, there's a guy who's got to save everybody. He's got to do everything. But that's and a traditional protagonist. Right. But that's a traditional protagonist, which is is what I think we're describing with hero here. An antihero is not somebody who got dragged into it. Like an antihero, I think is somebody who does things it it is actually not a hero they are a villain but we are watching them and focusing on them the way we would a hero that's fair i the only the only slight thing i would add to that is that they are people who have villainous qualities but there's just a twinge of stuff we like about them to the point where we're still rooting for them through the story despite them being objectively bad. So, like you mentioned, Walter White. That's the key, though. Objectively right. bad. There's right. n- at no point is Han Solo objectively bad. Fair. fair. I guess the standards in 1977. The anti-hero concept didn't really exist in That's popular true. culture. This is totally an invention of what they call the golden age of television. I recommend, if you're really interested in this, read Alan Sepinwall's book, Difficult Men talks all about this talks about tony soprano don draper you mentioned walter white dexter is another one i mean at their heart they're pieces of shit but they are interesting pieces of shit and it's wild to see how they justify i think what makes the anti-heroes interesting is they never start as these outright terrible people like listen jafar i'm sorry i'm gonna go back there but Jafar was just a bad guy through and through. He had evil intentions. He was a literally mustache twirling villain from exactly. day one. A nice little little beard. Right. That, that and I also, I also think the other difference, and it's key, they don't think they're bad people. Like, Walter they, White didn't exactly. think he was a bad guy. Don Draper didn't think he was a bad guy. We could tell that they were. But because they were at the center of a story we're watching... We have been trained our entire lives to just view people through that lens. And we we root them because we want the story to continue. I don't know if that's exactly why I personally ended up rooting for some of these anti-heroes. I started rooting for some of these anti-heroes because, and this is what I was kind of driving at, and you sort of pushed me there a little bit more. It's this idea that they start off with good intentions and they rationalize their way into worse and worse and worse behavior until they are a shell of the good, virtuous individual yeah. that they started with. And they are full-on villains, hence anti-hero, because they started. They are the hero of our story. They are the main focus, but they're not heroic. Yeah, it becomes clear that they, exactly. they don't have the intentions that they think they do. But isn't that also true of a lot of human nature? I mean, That's, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, as they say. Watching somebody rationalize it, I'm like, yeah, no, totally, I would do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I don't, if I don't <laughs> murder these four people, they might tell somebody, and once they tell somebody, right. it might get back to my brother-in-law, and then my whole family will be ruined. 
Well, yeah, you're or right. Maybe maybe we case, should kill these guys. In the case of Dexter, a kid watches his parents get murdered, and his stepdad goes, "Well, he's going to be a murderer anyway. I might as well just teach him how to effectively murder and get away with it and hide in plain sight." So that's the question: Is Dexter a true antihero, though? Yes, he absolutely is. Just he, because he's murdering, because he because he's killed. Dozens, if not up to hundreds of people, and he works within law enforcement. <laughs> How do you go from dozens to hundreds? Well, because, I mean... The, the logical progression. There were, like... I watched every episode of Dexter. There was, like, almost 100 episodes. <laughs> no, but I just... You know, they don't show every kill. No, I just love that dozens, if not hundreds. Well, I guess what I meant was, like... Like, if you, if you go from, like, it was beyond 50s to hundreds. I think it's beyond 100. <laughs> I think it's beyond 100. I just love the change on the fly. Like it, like it's a it's a carton of eggs, and then no, 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 we'll take everything. Yeah, we'll actually take <laughs> a thousand eggs. Okay, that f- fair fair point of the math. Um, let's use my idiotic math to take a pause and drink this out of the glass, which I've done many times before. And like I said, you can get this beer. It great. You can get this beer pretty much anywhere in the Midwest. I've gotten it at a sporting event or just your local bar. This is not crushable. It takes it takes you a while. I'm going to disagree with you. You and think it is crushable? We've had this. Yes. This is one of, I mean, for a 6.7% alcohol by volume here, you can put these back. You can be four or five deep and wonder, oh my God, what happened? I don't know what happened. I'm not saying I haven't done that, but I'm saying that this is not something that, it's very bitter. It's, it's not a smooth, it's not a smooth experience. It's, right. it's for people who like their... Bitter, hoppy IPAs. People that make fun of guys who like IPAs, like, this is the beer that you're thinking of. Like, yes, Super exactly. hoppy. Exactly. Except maybe now the hazy IPA is yeah. overcome, overtaking that. But as far as this beer, I mean, it's... I know we've talked about... We spent a bunch of time on anti-heroes and what they are. This beer specifically just, like, it, it pops at you. I mean, you know that you're drinking it, and it it reminds me of a very specific moment in pop culture history from a movie that changed probably how comedies were done from that point on, The Hangover. Really? Yeah, it's a bold take that I might... I, I, I'm dying on a lot of hills. I don't know if I want to die on that hill. Okay. But... Well, go on. There's a specific point in it where uh, Mike Tyson is in their hotel room, their suite, and he is singing In the Air Tonight. And then he air drums the doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. And on the last doof, he punches Alan, knocks him out cold. That is exactly how I feel drinking this, except I'm not like I'm not getting punched. I'm watching it happen. I am stew in that and I'm going champ he still got it and i would love yeah. to see that over and over just as i'm sure Stu would. i'd love to drink this over and over yeah well i'm gonna i'm gonna pull something from that that i think resonates please so the hangover i think it's still the highest grossing r-rated film of all time it's obviously like a comedy classic but when you said like it punches you in the face metaphorically i feel like for the three leads of that film, like that was an explosion of their careers that 
you know, is very reminiscent of like how this kind of beer and company took off. Like this is the flagship beer revolution. It's a big fucking deal. That was the big moment for Bradley Cooper and Ed Helms and Zach Galifianakis. So here's what's interesting about that is I think for Ed Helms and Galifianakis, absolutely, that was the big moment. I think it was supposed to be Bradley Cooper's first like uh, leading role and everybody was excited about it. And I think people were a little disappointed that you think he didn't people have were, a bigger role. You bigger think people... Role. Don't recognize his part in that because I definitely think that. I was think they it. recognize yeah. his part. I just think he was. It wasn't so much of an explosion because he had been building towards that. I guess so. Does that I make mean, sense? most people didn't know who Zach Galifianakis was at all before. And if you watched The Office, you knew Ed Helms, but he wasn't front and center. He had been maybe on for a season at that point, so yeah, you you were familiar. But again. Most people weren't. I think it was a huge explosion for both of them. I think Bradley Cooper had slowly been building because I wasn't eighteen before that too. Eighteen? What do you? Eighteen? Oh, I think it was the same year. It was the same year. Well, no, but the first time I remember seeing Bradley Cooper in something was Wedding Crashers. Yes, in which he plays the villain. That was an explosion. Yeah, but again, that wasn't his movie. Right, which he I- was just part of it. Whereas, like, for me, I view The Hangover as equally all three of those guys' movies. Okay, and so I think what I'm what I'm saying is going into it, most people saw it as Bradley Cooper's movie, and I think that's why some were disappointed in his performance. In that, like, he, well, it wasn't his movie. I don't think anybody thought that movie was going to be the breakout sensation that it was. All of these guys made an ass load of money because. They all got a cut of the box office because nobody thought it would be that big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember listening to a podcast with Zach Galifianax and he was like, that was the first time I was on a movie set and I was like, oh, this might actually be good. <laughs> this could be a good thing. Well, so apparently you're familiar with the jockstrap scene, right? Yes. Where he hugs him. Yeah. He didn't want to do that. <laughs> really? He didn't want to do that. And Todd Phillips looked at him and said, hey, Farrell would do this. And he was like, "All right, fine, I'll do it." Yeah, I did. That's that's a crazy story. I, I personally, I love Zach Galifianakis. I'm, I don't dislike Ed Helms, but I wouldn't say he's like high on my list. I have a ton of respect for Bradley Cooper, but he, considering where his career is now, like he would never be in a broad, gross-out comedy ever again. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you're probably right about that. He's way that too evolution. He is way too pretentious to ever fucking do that. And and Zach Galifianakis seems content, like never acting again. He lives in Canada. He's kind of doing his own thing there. Where is he? Vancouver. Yeah, I think it's one of those two. He was on um, the Smartless podcast. And he talks all about it. Great interview, by the way. Nice. But yeah, I I actually think that's a great analog for for this company and this beer because. That was a big moment in time. Uh, it's something that everybody's going to remember for forever. I mean, for better or worse, you know, I'm sure there's things about The Hangover that haven't aged great, but, you know, it's definitely like a comedy I'll never forget. That's the one thing that I have to say about, oh, that hasn't aged well. Like, what part of the aging process is ever pretty? Like what? When you say aged well, it's relative. Yeah, he's aged well. He still looks well, like garbage. Well, I also think or that she still looks 
terrible. I also like, think particularly for comedies, it's not fair to judge them on contemporary terms in the era that they were created in. I do believe that. We've, interesting. I think we've talked about that before mm-hmm. on this show. So I'm not saying that The Hangover like retroactively sucks. I haven't seen it in a while, but... For the something over three retroactively sucks. Although that sucked in real time as well. So did the second <laughs> one. Yeah, <laughs> those did suck. We're not. I just pretend that those didn't happen. Honestly. So then here's the question now, because let's let's view Revolution Brewing's lineup here as uh, the the Hangover, right? Yeah. So we have our anti-hero, which would be our Bradley Cooper, right? The guy. Yeah, who, the front and center. Front and center. That was your star. Yeah. Right, and then. Maybe you have like a Fist City or something like that. Yep. Who's your Galifianakis? Yeah. Right. And so they kind of they kind of pop up all the way, and eventually they become these household names. Right. Across, I think Cafe Death would be in there too, uh, and that happened a lot with The Hangover. Ken Jong. Absolutely broke him out as well. That's the reason that we had a Hangover Three is people wanted more Leslie Chow. <laughs> yeah, and Mike Tyson. That was like. After he was in that movie, people were like, oh, I kind of like Mike Tyson now. Mike Tyson Mysteries on yeah. Adult Swim. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was both the beginning and the rebirth of some very famous people that we know. Heather yeah. Graham was also in the original Hangover. She's fantastic. Just a really... And she was honestly just such a sweetheart, that character. I too. know. Well, it's time to, uh, it's time to give it our, our, our ratings. Do you mm-hmm. want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to give it a hard four out of five. Four Vinces out of five Vinces. I think this is one of the... We've talked about this before, but this is one of those beers that when I first got to Chicago, I thought, yeah. you know what? I've earned it. I'm going to have a treat. I'm going to have one of these $7 beers. And this was one of them. And this is one that holds up. I would have this every day. And you've been uh, you've been famously kind of critical of those types of beers, but this one for this you one is holds held up. up. Yeah. This one holds up, unlike Gumball Head. Yeah. Well, I have to agree. I'm actually going to give it a little bit of a nostalgic bump. I'm going to give it a 4.25 out of five times. Wow. Um, it's still great. I'm glad it's been a while since I had it, and honestly, I, I think I might rewatch The Hangover now. I was now. just about to say, it's been a while since I've <laughs> yeah. seen it, and I think it might be time. It might be time. Maybe maybe you guys can give it a watch, too. I'm not sure what service it's on these days, but um, I'm glad we talked about um, that, and you know, I could talk about the anti-hero dramas all day long. I mean, that I've seen all the good ones, so I feel I feel pretty good there. Plus, I mean, Birthday Boy and I, Han Solo. Han Solo. You know, we weren't born on literally the same day. He's much older than me. But you know. Before we sign off, do you prefer Han Solo or do you prefer Indiana Jones? Han Solo, no question. No explanation. Fine. Yeah, yeah. I prefer Indy. Okay. We'll save that topic for another day. <laughs> um, but we thank- I hope there are people like, no! <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for checking us out. Um, please follow us on Instagram and give us a review on Apple. We read one We recently. do read them. We will read them if they're fun. If they suck, though, we'll judge you privately. Yeah. <laughs> privately. What was it? Tuna King? Oh, the Tuna King. The Tuna King. Well, Awful. Sorry. You actually suck. But you're, you're a bad person. Yeah. But until then, I'm Tom. And I'm Vince. This has been Friday Night Beers, where we have clear Hans full solos. Must Jones? 
It's good enough for me. I don't know. What do we, you used both parts of his name. I did. I you left used you the whole buffalo. Totally there was hanging. nothing left. That was very anti-hero of me. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> See everybody. <laughs>